tour all night is supported by listeners like you. To find out how you can help, head over to patreon.com slash songsoftoryamos. There you'll see what exciting rewards we're offering for your support. Once again, that's patreon.com slash songsoftoryamos to help us continue to make high-quality and tourytainment for you. Hey everybody, the European 2023 tour is just around the corner and we want to talk about it. Tori's added some exciting new cities to the mix and just for fun, she shuffled the order of the old cities. So now we got to replan, regroup, and yes, re-record. It's a brand new year, a brand new season, and a brand new era of tour all night. From ocean to ocean, to ocean to ocean two, we're your guide to everything tour. This episode is an edited version of a conversation that I had with Umberto Liam Bruno in December 2021, which honestly seems like forever ago. I double-checked all the information, though, so everything that we talk about still stands with the exception of The Last Supper. Yo, the tickets have been sold out, I guess, for a while. There's no more supper. Maybe it's time for dessert. You decide. Also, I did notice, Umberto, that you graduated, so congratulations. And if you happen to find yourself on the road more than you say at the end of this episode, let me know. No, I have to tell you, I actually don't know any fellow uh, Tory fans who are really? this country. I'm so excited for this episode because I've never been to Italy, but here we are today talking about Milan with our tour guide, Umberto Liam Bruno. Hello, Umberto. How are you? Hello, I'm very good, thank you. It's nice talking to you. A little birdie told me that you're a relatively new Tori Amos fan. Yes. Tell us your Tori story and how you discovered her, how you found her music, everything. Yeah, so I have to tell you, I don't exactly recall how I got into her music. I remember at that time I had just started listening to, I just discovered Kate Bush and Johnny Mitchell. So I think that somehow led me to... Tori. I think I watched um, Cornflake Girl, the, the music video for Cornflake Girl on YouTube. And I, I was 14, almost 15. So that was about seven years ago. <laughs> and I remember I, I went to a record store near where I live and I bought a little earthquakes and earned the pink. And as I was driving back home, uh, I played under the pink. I put under the pink in the CD player. And when pretty good years started started playing, I I was hooked hooked forever. I mean, mm-hmm. My life was never the same ever since that moment because I had never I never heard anything like that. I mean, the piano playing was so expressive and so intense, and I I, I just knew that I would have been a, f- a fan forever when I when I heard that that song mm-hmm. and and so then I I bought her other albums and I've been a fan ever since. This is amazing. So you're only 21 then. Yes, I'm, I turned 21 in May. This is amazing. First of all, that, the power of that song, I'm glad to hear that it still works because that song yes. has hooked so many people, including people that are very near and dear to me. It is wonderful. It's timeless. It is timeless. Yeah, I'm so glad to hear that you're still, like, people are still responding to it. That's amazing. Well, I know it, it, it just moved me so much when I heard it. And I mean, I, probably, and I played a different song because that was really like the first encounter I had with her music. I don't know, maybe had I played a, a different song, I would have I would have been so 
emotion. I wouldn't have felt so emotionally connected to it, but Pretty Good Year just left a mark on me, I guess. And so it was history for me. Would you consider that still your signature song or do you have another favorite? No, it's still probably in my top 10. I would say now, because it changes every time. Yes. It changes all the time. It's never, I mean, I, I couldn't pick just one favorite song. That's how you know you're a real fan. <laughs> yeah, it changes all the time. At the moment, I would say my favorite song. It's still a song from Under the Pink, actually, but it is Baker Baker. <gasps> oh my god I don't know to a certain extent I hope she doesn't play it at the show because I don't know how I will react to it because it I, I don't know I feel so emotionally connected to it I'm afraid I might burst into tears in front of everyone and make a fool of myself if I do although I know people tend to get very emotional at her shows and I did when I saw her the first time but Baker Baker is just a different story it's it really hits hard for me so you've seen her live before I have. I've seen her live in Milan in uh, 2017. Okay. And that actually is the only time I got to see her because when she came to Italy the previous time, it was in for the Unrepentant Geraldine's tour and was 2014. So it was just 14 and I hadn't <sighs> discovered yet. So I didn't get to see her then. So it's the only time you've been able to see her. Yeah, practically. And uh, so, yeah, I, I only got to see her once. And it was actually the same venue that she's playing uh, this time around. So I'm excited to go back there. Did you get a chance to talk to her that day, like at a meet and greet or anything? No, I didn't. I wanted to, but my plane was too late for that. Oh, no. So I, I, yeah, I got to Milan in the early evenings and I read that she had the meet and greet like around 2 or 3 p.m. and I so I couldn't make it in time. Oh, man. Okay, here's the set list for everybody at home listening. This was September 17, 2017 in Milan, Italy at Teatro Degli Arcomboldi. Yeah. <laughs> Part one was IIE, Butterfly, Northern Lad, Spark, Pretty Good Year, Pancake with a Bridge, Ohio. Fake Muse Network was She's Always a Woman by Billy Joel and Love Song by The Cure. And part two was Reindeer King, Apollo's Frock, Flavor, Marianne. She ended with Bliss. That's amazing. And then Encore was Leather and a Sort of Fairy Tale. What was your favorite moment of that show? Pretty good year. Pretty good year. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, the thing is that uh, if I remember well, she premiered Pretty Good Year, Spark and Marianne at that show. So she hadn't played those songs until that very moment. That's so great. I, I had been following as, as every fellow Tory fan. I had been reading the set list for every show. And if I'm not wrong, she hadn't played those songs yeah. yet. So uh, you are right. So as soon as she started playing Pretty Good Year, I was on my feet. Uh, <laughs> like pretty much everyone else. So that, that was a very special moment. And she, I'm looking at these pictures and she looked amazing that night. She did. She did. I actually had good tickets and I, I was... I seventh row or something like that and so I I could see her very well I mean that's the closest I've gotten to her Mm -hmm. as of now I mean I have second row tickets for this show oh you do yeah I do oh that's great (laughs) and actually I can tell you a funny story when I bought tickets I didn't know that she usually doesn't sell first row tickets I I learned afterwards that she usually upgrades fans who attend the meet and greet Mm -hmm. and, and give them first row tickets. I was like, why can't I buy first row tickets? What's going on with <laughs> ticket one? <laughs> but I, I got second row tickets and then somehow discovered that, that that's how it goes. And I mean, I was, I was happy with that. There's two things I love. Well, yes, absolutely. She does upgrade people. And I love that you're like trying for front row and you're not even satisfied with second row. And I love no, that. I wanted I'm... to see a first row yeah. this time. I wanted to make eye contact with her. That's why. <laughs> that's so I great. Said, this time I, I'm going to get first row and then I discovered how, I mean, how it goes and I mean, I think it's fair. Well, do you know off the top of your head what seats you have? Because we're in the second row, too. 
No, I don't remember that exactly. <laughs> I- I'll let you know. Okay. So you're here to talk to us about, even though you don't live in Milan, you're here to talk to us about Milan because you've been multiple times, right? Yes, I have. Okay. We're, you're going to tell us everything we need to know. So the concert's February 24th, 2022, which is a Thursday. The day before is Zurich, and the day after is a day off going towards Lyon. Hello. Obviously, that's changed. The concert is now on Thursday, April 13th. The day before is a day off between Halle and Milan, and the day after is Lyon, France. Slay. Right. The venue is Teatro Degli Arcomboldi. And the address, oh God, if I get any pronunciations wrong, please forgive me and please correct me. Um, The address is Avenue of Innovation 1 in Milan 20126, yes? Yes, right. right. Talk to us about this venue. Okay, so the venue is very, very beautiful. I have to say, to be honest, I haven't seen other theaters in Milan. This is the only theaters I've actually had the chance to to attend a concert in. But I know for a fact that it is the most beautiful theater in Milan. It's, it's, It's... like, it's not too small, but it's not too big. So it makes for a really beautiful, intimate experience. And it doesn't feel claustrophobic at the same time, like some theater can feel when maybe they're overcrowded. So that's that's not going to happen with this theater. And the architecture is beautiful. It's like a postmodernist theater. It was built by a very famous architect uh, who actually uh, died just last year. His name is Vittorio Gregotti. And he died last March, yeah, March 2020. So yes, the architecture is beautiful and the acoustic is great and you really can see well uh, regardless of where your state is. So uh, it's going to be a beautiful experience. I think it's one of the best uh, theaters that she's playing for this tour. I'm glad to hear because she loves this venue, it seems. And obviously she did a really amazing show in 2017 here. And <laughs> I'm looking at pictures of this venue. It looks great. I think she played this theater also for uh, Night of Hunters. Oh yeah? Great. Uh, I think she, she skipped it for Arrepentant Journal Dance. It was a different theater, but I think it was uh, Teatro de Archimboldi for Night of Hunters. Archimboldi. Archimboldi, yes. Okay, great. I mean, I know it's it's hard for you to pronounce GL. So. <laughs> now, tell us about like the surrounding area of the venue. You've been there before. Is it safe? Yes. Are we, yeah? Like, what is it hip? I have to say, Milan as a whole, it's a very safe city, so I wouldn't worry about that. But I have to say also, it's not in the city center. Okay. So the surroundings are not particularly exciting. There's not much to see or to do. It's quite a peripheric um, area of the city. Uh, it is well connected to the city center and to other parts of the city, but there's really not much to do and or to see around there. So I wouldn't know how to... Uh, there's a university, that that's all. I mean, the neighborhood is called Bicocca, and its name is because of the university that's there. But apart from that, there's not really much to do or to see. Plus a little off the beaten path. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, that's good to know, but it's easily accessible by public transport. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. I mean, uh, there's both subway, and underground and, and buses, so like, it, it's not a problem to reach it, but I wouldn't just hang around there. Yeah. That, that's the point. <laughs> okay, so talk to us about Milan. Let's get into the thick of it. What is Milan like? Give us the general vibes and three things you love about it. So I think the best way to describe it is it's a very fashionable city. Okay. <laughs> There's always things to do. I mean, in Italy, we say that Milan is the most European city of Italy because, it, I mean, Italy, it's very traditional country. I don't know how, how to explain it better, mm-hmm. but Milan really feels like Europe. <laughs> I, mm. I mean, it, it really feels like a, a Western city, whereas other cities, even the city where I live in, I mean, they're a little bit more stuck in the past, whereas Milan is really forward thinking. It. I mean, you, you, you see that 
all innovation and all progress is there. Mm-hmm. And so I would say it's futuristic, it's fashionable, and it's entertaining. Three things I love about it. Well, uh, I love the architecture of some parts of the city because not everything is as interesting and as beautiful. So there's parts of the city that are really beautiful and the architecture is just great and fun to look at. And other parts that are, I mean, like the neighborhood where the Atto de Archibald is, which are a little bit more, uh, I mean, a little more simple. <laughs> I love the fact that you always, no matter what, you always get to meet someone famous in Milan. I mean, I have, I've been there many times and I've always, always met someone famous just by walking down the streets. Really? It's, <laughs> yes, because it's where most TV shows and a lot of movies are filmed there. A lot of TV shows that are very famous in Italy are shot there. So it's a lot of famous people just live in Milan. So it's, it's, it's very easy to meet a celebrity just by walking down the streets. And uh, I mean, that's exciting if you're into that, of course. And let me think about the third thing. Well, I love the fact that, like I said before, it, it's fashionable. So mm-hmm. there are p- people dress fancy and it might sound like a shallow thing to say, but if you love that vibe, it's really entertaining to see people dressed up all fancy and we just go to work mm-hmm. and, uh, <laughs> and, and not for any particular reason, just because they like it, just because that's the that's how the vibe of the city is. And so that's something I enjoy seeing whenever I'm there. Amazing. So what's the gay scene like? The gay- gay bars, the gay clubs, we have a day off afterwards, should we hang out there and party there, or should we move on? Well, the thing is, it's the, the show is on a Thursday, right, so I don't know what happens on a Thursday in Milan. Uh, <laughs> uh, most events take place at the weekend, so you might not find anything particularly entertaining mm. uh, on a Thursday evening. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, Milan, it's not like Berlin. There's not a gay district or anything like that. There's clubs, gay clubs everywhere, but it's there's not like one specific, one particular oh, okay. area where everything is concentrated. So, uh, I I don't know about that, but, but I do want to... Uh, uh, do a shout out. Oh, shout uh, out. Because not to uh, a club or anything like that, but we do have an artist, a performance artist here in Italy uh, right. who began performing in gay clubs and now is getting more and more famous, even though she's still not mainstream popular. Her name is Miskera and it's spelled M Y S S K E T A. And she's very original, and her trademark look is sunglasses and masks. Mm. She covers her face with sunglasses and masks, so no one has see, no one's ever seen her face. Ever? We don't know how she looks like. Never. So she began performing in uh, gay clubs in Milan. She's from Milan, of course. And I think she's just fabulous. I mean, I'm not really a fan of her music because she does like rap or something like that. So I'm, I'm not really a fan of that. But I like her style, I like her, her energy. I like how she's trying to make underground culture mainstream. I think that's something that we really didn't have here in Italy. So she she's very original. She's very forward thinking. And, and I hope she does. She will get the recognition that she deserves because she's really one of a kind. Dice che sono pazzasca, sarà il fascino della tedesca, vola uno spicchio della mia pesca, frutta fresca, cambio location, siamo alla festa, dinamite nella sua tasca, quando arriva mi scheda in pista, finalmente la situa inizia. Well, I love these photos. She's like the uh, female Italian rap 
Orville Peck. She's like, uh, yes, right. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't think she'll be around in Milan because now she's touring all over Italy. She, I mean, she, as I said before, she's not mainstream famous. She's not on the charts, but she's earning a cult following. So mm. she, she has fans all over Italy right now. So I think she'll be touring by the time you get to Milan. But I mean, if you have the chance to talk to anyone about her, I mean, they're all crazy about her in Milan. So I mean, I'm sure you have some interesting conversation about Miss Keta if you get the chance. All right. Good for you, Miss Keta. I love it. Um, I'm assuming that Milan and all of Italy is pretty like liberal or is that just a false assumption? No, no, no. Milan is liberal. Here's the thing. Italy is experiencing, I would say, a going backwards phase Mm. at the moment. I mean, I'm pretty critical about it. I don't know if you've heard anything about uh, Zan Lowe. I think you, in America you call it a bill. Basically, this law had to be approved by the parliament, and the parliament has to, here in Italy, it has two chambers, the Senate and the chamber. So this law was meant to introduce a criminal offense for all um, ethnic reasons, for sexual reasons, for, I mean, all offenses somehow connected to race, sex, gender, and so on. And I, I would say it was very much needed here in Italy. But the unfortunate thing is that it wasn't approved by the um, by the Senate. The Senate wow. rejected it. So is it now, like a hate crimes bill? Hate crimes bill, right. Exactly. Yeah. I couldn't find the words. Right. Yeah. And we do have a similar law that's already enforcing it in Italy, but it has proven to be not as effective as this new one should have been. So um, this law has been debated and discussed for a long time. And when it came time to vote for it, the Senate rejected it. So now we'll have to wait six months before it can be presented again to the parliament and then they'll have to vote again. So I don't know if you've seen uh, any videos or any pictures about it, but the the very sad thing is that when it was announced that the law hadn't been approved, the senators stood up and started cheering for it. And I know this, uh, yeah, it's very sad. And I know that I'm talking about it because I know there's one particular video that just made it headlines all over the world. So, uh, I mean, yeah, that's a sad story. And I would say that we are experiencing a pretty rightist moment right now. And that, that said, right parties are the biggest one or the most popular ones in Italy right now. I mean, we're not quite like, uh, I don't know if you've heard anything about Poland or Hungary right now. I mean, what's going on there, it's pretty extreme. And I wouldn't say Italy has reached that level, but uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure what's happening with the world because I would describe I would describe the United States sort of the same way, like a weird conservative push. It's turning conservative on something as relevant and as crucial as human rights. Yeah, so that's I hear you. that's very sad. I mean, that's sad to experience as someone who lives there really believes in equality and that all humans should be protected the same way. I mean, that, that, that's just sad. But however, I do have to say that Milan in particular is a quite liberal city or bigger cities. Milan is the second biggest city in Italy. So all bigger cities as a whole have a more liberal vibe. So I wouldn't particularly worry about that in Milan. The thing is more relevant and it's it's easier to see in smaller cities. That's where uh, conservative parties really have a grip. Uh, But Milan is uh, sort of immune to that, I would say, at least partially immune to that. Yeah, because I read it is like the capital of fashion and business. It's a young and cosmopolitan city with like enormous nightlife. Yeah, yeah, right. So that's what I meant. I mean, it's uh, I mean, you do feel that the polit climate, it's it's conservative and heavy everywhere you go. But Milan and Rome, Naples, I mean, this Venice, these bigger cities are, I mean, not particularly touched by it also because they're so cosmopolitan, so 
filled with tourists that you don't really get to see it. Maybe it's there, it's 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 hidden, but it's not out in the light. That's what I would say. So Milan in particular, it's immune to that, I would say. Well, that's such a shame. I'm sorry you're going through that. Yeah, and it is sad. It is sad because it looked like we were making some progress. So it's, it's sad to see that in 2021, almost 2022, we're going backward that yeah. way. It's, it's really sad. So with Italy, the official currency is the euro. And give us just a quick brief on what the tipping culture is like. Okay, so there's not a real tipping culture. It's not like, I don't know, Austria or Czech Republic, where they explicitly tell you that you'll have to leave a tip after having lunch, dinner, whatever. So we don't really have a tipping culture. But I have to say that Milan is probably the most expensive city in Italy. So it, it would be a good idea. I know it sounds uh, it sounds like a paradox, but it would be a good idea to leave at least a small tip uh, because most people who work in bar, restaurants or whatever live off of that because their, their salary is not even closely enough to live in Milan. So uh, I, I would suggest leaving at least just a small tip uh, whenever you're drinking something or having lunch or dinner in whatever place. That I can do. I'm no problem there because we, you know, tipping culture is really big here. So, yeah, I mean, we tip all the time. Italy is not like that. I mean, people are used to not getting any tip but milan maybe is a different thing just because how expensive it is so just like every expensive city uh people who work in restaurants or bars really they make a living off of that basically so i i I would recommend living at least a small tip hey y'all at this point i got into a big old long conversation with umberto about my very specific travel plans which led to this Let's get back to what you said about snow. <laughs> is, it really, is it really going to be snowing? Uh, I mean, I don't know. It, it depends. It, it has happened before. It has happened before, for sure. I mean, I wouldn't exclude it at all. <laughs> I, I have to be honest. Usually it snows in... It snowed last week in Milan, yeah. for instance. Oh, really? So February might be a little bit late, but I mean, I wouldn't exclude it. It, it depends. It, it seems like this winter is going to be particularly cold, so who knows? <laughs> well, looking at the weather predictions, and you can tell us uh, if this sounds cold to you, looking at the weather prediction for February 24th, it says that it's going to be 50 degrees high, 34 degrees low. That's Fahrenheit. Hello. Again, I guess the only good thing about this postponement is the weather differential, like the change in weather. It will be a little bit warmer because as I'm looking for April 13th, the weather prediction for Milan 64 degrees high, 52 degrees low, that's Fahrenheit. And for those of you who traffic in Celsius, that's 18 degrees high, 11 degrees low. So it's actually not that cold. And the little icon on world-weather.info is a sun. It's a sun peeking out from behind a cloud, so partially cloudy. I mean, and she's going to, I would say, way colder cities i mean she's performing in copenhagen mm-hmm. and Oslo. i mean mm-hmm. like northern european cities i mean and milan is is warm compared to those <laughs> yeah, cities it's like super so, south yeah yeah so get get ready for yeah. that okay so when you go to milan since you don't live in milan where do you stay like what's the lodging like what's the hotels like okay so uh when i saw her the first time i actually stayed in a hotel next to the theater okay which was a nice hotel. I don't remember the name. I think it was called Hotel de Arcimboldi because it's it's literally next door. So I walked to the theater and then I, I took a cab on my way back because it was pouring. I mean, it was re- really pouring and we didn't have an umbrella. 
because we we left uh, my city and it was sunny, so we, we didn't really think about bringing an umbrella. Also because it was September, so it was still summer. I don't know. I mean, we were just, I think we were very naive. We didn't bring an umbrella. And and so, yeah, we caught a cab on the way back. But yeah, but the hotel I mentioned is just like five minutes from the theater. So it's it's very, it's a comfortable solution if you, if you want to stay next to the theater. But there's nothing around, you're saying, because it's no, off the beaten no. path. When I go to Milan, I usually try to stay in the city center. Yeah, uh-huh. I get a maybe, as I said before, Milan is really expensive. So it depends. I don't know what your budget is. So the neighborhood the theater is, is in, it's definitely less expensive compared to the city center, of course. Mm. So I don't go to Milan five times a year. I go randomly. So when I go there, I try to stay as as possible to the city center maybe i get a bed and breakfast or something like that and that's surely a more convenient solution if you want to feel free to go around maybe without taking too much public transport that's an idea but if you're not interested in that i mean it it depends also on on how long you're staying so if if you're staying for a couple of days i would suggest getting maybe a smaller hotel or a bed and breakfast in the city center if you're staying just for the show then get the hotel i mentioned and that should be fine yeah now, what's the public transportation like? Is there a subway? Is it all buses? No, no, no. There is a very efficient subway line, and it runs until midnight on weekdays, and it's super efficient. Milan, it's super efficient as far as public uh, transportation is concerned. So you, you really get anywhere in a couple of minutes. It's super okay. efficient. It works perfectly. As far as that it's concerned. I think Milan is the most efficient city in Italy. Really, there's no doubt about it. I love that. So we won't need Ubers or Lyfts or anything like that. No, so I wouldn't recommend that because they're quite expensive. So if you, you you can really get anywhere by public transportation, and it's fast. It's I mean, it, it might get a little crowded at, during particular times of the day, but I'm, I mean, I think you're used to it. So I, I wouldn't worry about yeah. that. Well, that's good to hear. So we arrive by train. We're hungry. What do we do? Where do we go first? Where, where do we eat? Okay, so I have to say, there are quite a lot of bars and restaurants in and around the neighborhood of the theater. So that's the only thing that is abundant there, I okay. have to say. Bars and restaurants galore. Uh, but <laughs> anyways, maybe I would take the subway back to the city center and just try something fancier. And Milan is also known for starred restaurants and great places to have lunch or dinner in. So I would recommend experimenting a little bit with that. Okay, if we wanted a classic Italian meal in Milan, where would we go? And it, and like if if budget weren't an issue. Okay, so I wrote down the name of a restaurant. I had dinner in. I couldn't remember the name. Its name is Contraste, and it's a star restaurant. And it's known as the best start restaurant in the city. And I mean, you can really have a traditional Italian meal there. I would definitely recommend it. And actually, although it's a star restaurant, it's not as expensive as other restaurants in Milan, which maybe are not even start. So it's very crowded. So if you want to go there, I would recommend making a reservation maybe a few days earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at these pictures of Contraste. Their donuts and their desserts just look like works of art, plated with (laughs) this like artistic splatter, um, sauce splatter. It's really great. Oh, so I wrote down the name of another restaurant I can actually recommend it, and it's uh, Ratana. And this restaurant is very well known in Milan because you can have the best Zafferano risotto in the whole city. And that's something I would highly recommend trying if you're visiting Milan. Ratana. Yeah. Oh, another Michelin starred restaurant. Oh, I didn't know about that. I didn't know it had Michelin starred. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe it didn't when I visited it. I I didn't remember it. On Via Gaetano de Castiglia? Right. Yeah. 
Oh, it looks amazing. Okay, so what are some of the classic dishes we have to eat that might not have made their way over here? Okay, so I mentioned zafran rice, and that's one. Uh-huh. I would also recommend having ossobuco. So okay. ossobuco is basically crossed out veal shanks, okay. and it is usually served with vegetables and risotto. And that's uh, like that's trademark Milan. So okay. you, you can't leave Milan without having tried ossobuco. Okay, great. Veal ossobuco. I'm looking at it. What's next? Where do we go for coffee? Oh, right. I forgot the name of this place. Basically, this is a cafe which was designed by Wes Anderson. Um, <gasps> right. And I, I love Wes Anderson. So. Okay. Bar Luce in uh, Largo Isarco. It's actually a, a bar owned by Prada. Oh. And it was designed by, by Wes Anderson. So if you're a Wes Anderson fan, I would definitely... I mean, maybe it's not the best place to have traditional Italian coffee because you can have that anywhere in Milan. I mean, there's no need to mention one particular place because Milan is overcrowded with bars and coffees and and things like that. So, but if you really want to try something special, I would go to Barluce. I'm looking. Is, is this the one on Larga e Sarco? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Obviously designed by Wes Anderson. I could have picked this out of a crowd. Yeah, you could see it. Yeah. Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly what I was thinking. That's so, so yeah, cool. I, I, actually, when I went there, I didn't know it had been designed by Wes Anderson. But I was there and I was like, I mean, this looks so familiar. I, yeah. I think I've already been there. Maybe it was a dream. I don't know. So then I Googled it and I found out it, it had mm. been designed by Wes Anderson. So everything clicked yeah. <laughs> in that moment. Perfect. I'm looking at some classic Italian dishes and I want to I talk more about food. <laughs> right. Okay. What is brodetto? Oh, right. So uh, brodetto, it's like a salt made with vegetables usually uh-huh. and we call it prodetto here in italy yeah, but it's uh, it's very dense it's very tasty it's uh, usually uh, we have prodetto with bread so yeah if, if you try it then we recommend getting some bread and just eating together because it, it it makes for the whole experience you you can't purely taste and experience how delicious prodetto is without having some good bread next to it so who would win in a fight gelato tiramisu or sfogliatella okay so Sfogliatella is actually a traditional dessert from where I live. Uh-huh. Oh, okay, cool. It's, it's, mm-hmm. That's hard. My God, it's like asking <laughs> if what's my favorite album between Little Boys Little Pele, and yeah. Pele, <laughs> yeah. right? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I mean, if you're in Milan, I would try gelato and tiramisu. Just, be, I mean, sfogliatella might be great, but it's not typical Milan dessert. That's why I, I I'm saying you have to come to the south to mm-hmm. really taste the, the best sfogliatella. So. Just skip the rest of the tour. Uh, yeah, right. So next time, maybe. If, if, actually, I know that Tori uh, performed here in 2005 uh-huh. when she was on tour for The Beekeeper. In Naples? Yeah, right. She did. And uh, I, actually, she performed at a festival. And th- that's very funny. On, on the same day, Nick Cave also performed, actually, on the same stage. So oh, wow. it was Tori Amos and then Nick Cave. Let's talk more about what there is to do. So, what's next? What do we do? We want to have some fun. So I can mention three things that you absolutely have to do and three places that you have to absolutely have to see. So you absolutely have to go to Duomo Square okay. and see the Duomo. Okay. I mean, that's the symbol of Milan. So you can visit Milan without seeing Duomo. I mean, it might not even be that interesting to go inside because the real thrill is to see the facade, so to see the, the architecture from the outside. And, and usually there's huge lines to get inside. So if you don't want to spend time in the cold waiting 
to get inside. Uh, the really exciting thing is just to see it from the outside because it's really is it's breathtaking. So you can miss it. Then I would absolutely recommend going to Chiesa di Santa Maria delle Grazie and see The Last Supper by Leonardo. That's something you, you really can't miss because it's. Uh, I, I don't know if you if you read about it, but what's really exciting about that particular painting is that you can see the sketches that he made before painting on it uh-huh. and that's something that Leonardo will do all the time actually so even have proper sketches exposed in museums here in, in Italy but when it comes to paintings you usually don't get to see the sketches because they're 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 covered by the painting right but with with the last supper you actually get to see it because we know that he was very it was experiencing a crisis back when he was painting it so you to see the actual sketch that he made before painting on top of it is really something else i mean leonardo was one of a kind so wow. i it is something special and then i mean if you're into that uh, i would also visit pinacoteca di brera which is a, an art museum uh, filled with the most incredible paintings from italian artists and the most famous one is, I mean, we call it Il Bacio, so it's The Kiss by Francesco Ayets, which is one of the symbol of Italian romanticism. So mm. if you're into that, I would definitely recommend going to Pinacoteca di Brera. So Brera is actually a very fancy neighborhood in the center of Milan. It's where all the fanciest shops are at. So maybe you can visit Pinacoteca di Brera and then go shopping or just walk around and see all the, those fancy shops. It's the Duomo, which is amazing. I'm looking at it right now. It's, it's very special because it's one of the only examples in Italy of proper early Gothic art. We mm-hmm. don't have many here in Italy. So the the Duomo is one of, really one of the only example of proper Gothic, early Gothic art in Italy. So it's, it's very unique for that reason. I love this. Now, we've seen all the good things there are to see. The show's about to start maybe in an hour and a half, but we want to go to the records shop, buy some records. First, tell us an underground artist besides Miss Ketta. Tell us someone that's Italian that we can buy a record of and bring home and be the coolest people that we know. And what record store we should go to? <laughs> uh, let me think. Oh, okay. I have one. They're a band. They're a queer band. And they performed last year, and they're performing again next year, at one of the most famous, I mean, it's, it's like a festival that we have here. It's called Festival di Sanremo. I don't know if you've ever heard about them. A lot of very famous, both American and English artists have performed here as guests, of course. I mean, the name is a little bit, it's quite long. La Rappresentante di Lista. And they're, they're just fabulous. I mean, they didn't win because this is a competition, right? So th- this festival, this Sanremo, is a competition where um, famous Italian singers compete against each other with uh, a new song that no one has ever heard before. And it, it, it lasts a week, usually from Tuesday uh, to, to Saturday. And the winner, of course, is announced on Saturday night, usually early hours of Sunday. And they didn't win last year. I think they they made it to the tenth place or something like that because there's a I mean there's a lot of artists competing. Usually it's twenty four or twenty five, mm-hmm. and their their song was called Amare, which is to love in English, and it was absolutely fantastic. And I think I, I mean if they make it to the top three, I'm sure they're gonna be the next best thing. <laughs> Piango 
they're just fabulous. I mean, the front woman is she's amazing. She, she I mean, she she has that star quality that we really get to see here in Italy. I mean, we don't have stars like you do in I mean, not many stars like you do in America. And I think that she she definitely has that that power. So if they get more exposition, I think they're they're, they're going to be the next, the next big thing next year. So that's what we have to buy. Do you think they have any vinyl? Do they have any records? Yeah, yeah, they do. They, they do? do. Okay, great. They actually have put out many albums in the past, but they achieved mainstream notoriety only last year by participating in the festival. Uh, yeah, right. Great. So uh, I, I actually had no no clue who they were when I when I heard that they were participating, but uh, they're fabulous. So maybe get their last record, which they put out this year. We will do that for sure. I want to send so many records home to myself so that I'm not <laughs> traveling with them. Now, I what, see you. You know, because it's going to be so heavy. Like, I, I, <laughs> my luggage is already going to be full with all my winter coats. I don't collect vinyls because I don't have a vinyl player, but I do collect CDs and I, I really don't know what to put them anymore. I, right. I've, my bookshelves are, are just exploding with CDs. Mm. And that's something that people don't do anymore. And it's very sad because everyone plays music with Spotify or YouTube. And yeah. was, I think we, we have lost that culture uh, a little bit. Of like so physical... Vin- vinyl is coming back. I know it's coming back in America. Maybe not here in Italy. So And, and that's sad too. I mean, I think it's just different. So tell me also, what would be, in your estimation, what's the best thing to do after the show? Is there like a nearby restaurant, bar, within walking distance, or should we go back to the city center, or what, what should we do? Okay, here's the thing. You have to understand, Italy is very different from north to south. So in the north of Italy, especially on a Thursday evening, uh, restaurants and bars tend to close quite early. Mm. So I'm not exactly sure how that is going to go. Um I mean, uh, usually when there's like a big show in an arena or something, the subway runs later and uh, bars tend to stay open a little longer. But I'm, I'm, I'm not exactly sure about that. But maybe considering that she usually plays for like an hour and a half, a little longer than then, we should be out by 11, right? So right. maybe you will find a bar or a restaurant to have a drink in or just to eat something after the show. But still, I would recommend to go to the city center. And if you want to enjoy some time with people, it would definitely be better to go to the city center once again. I'm, I'm making you... Taking the subway again no, and again. again. Yeah, I love it. Back <laughs> and forth. But it's so efficient. It runs so efficiently that I'm not worried. <laughs> yeah, yes, it does. So, I mean, and if you end up stuck in the city center after the last train runs, I mean, you, you, you get a cab and you, and you come back. <laughs> I'll do that. And I'm super excited to be there. I'm super excited to be, for my first time to be in Italy. But we're only there for one night for the show. And then we head to Lyon, France, which is 277 miles away or 447 kilometers, which is about five hours 15 minutes by car six hours 15 minutes by train and three and a half hours by plane with a layover we're taking a train we assume that everybody will too and what's the likelihood umberto of you going to any more shows besides milan are you gonna drop everything and just tour i I really don't think so i have exams oh (laughs) oh, you're okay you're in school I would have loved to. I, I was actually considering going to the opening night in Berlin, and I, I might hold on to that. I don't know. I have to see. <laughs> well, if you do go, you have to say hello. 
Yeah, I will. I will. Because I, yeah, I, I really want to go back to the building. I've been there a couple of times. I wanted to go back. So I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking about it. I've seen there's some cheap flights uh, operated by Ryan, Ryanair from Naples to Berlin. So who knows? Maybe I, I will consider that. <laughs> I'm rooting for you. Thank you. <laughs> Where can people find you online if they wanted to follow your adventures and if they wanted to find out whether or not you go to Berlin? Okay, so I am at homogenic utopia on twitter so if they want to follow me there i'll be happy to follow them back is that a is that a bjork reference yeah right yes <laughs> well follow homogenic utopia on twitter of course we'll link to it in our show notes songs of com. it'll if you're listening to it it's already up so follow him there and thank you for sharing your insights and just your thoughts on everything especially the political stuff was really fast fascinating to hear and i can't wait to talk to you after the show i can't wait to see your impressions of tori's you've never seen her with a band so this is new. no. That's that's something I'm really excited about, and also I hope she does a little bit more Little Earthquakes because uh, she only played Leather, which I mean, it's a good song, but come on, come on, yeah, not, it's Leather. <laughs> it's not it's not among the best on that album. So I, I'm I'm really rooting for more Little Earthquakes. <laughs> well, I'm really hoping because of the band that Precious Things comes back as a staple. Oh God. Yeah. Oh, I know. Oh, <laughs> that would be God. a dream. I can't wait for you. This is going to be such a fun time, and we'll talk. In I'll see you on the road. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It was lovely to talk to you. It was so great talking to you. Thank you so much. Bye.
Tour All Night is a production of the Sideways Society. For more information or links to things mentioned on the show, please visit us online at songsoftoryamus.com.